Welcome everyone. My name is Alessandra and you're listening to The Alessandra Show. On this podcast, I share conversations with experts in wellness, nutrition, athletics, entrepreneurship, sustainability, and more. It's my mission to give you the information, inspiration, tips, and tools that you need to maximize your energy, health, and happiness. I'm here to help you thrive. This episode is a conversation with Susanna Bell, a wellness coach, mental health advocate, entrepreneur, digital nomad, and world traveler. She advocates for proactive mental health and truly lives her mission. She shares tons of valuable and inspirational content through her social media and blog every day. In this episode with Susanna, you'll learn how to manage your anxiety as an entrepreneur, how to find balance while achieving your career goals, how to stay healthy while traveling, how to put yourself out there and make new like-minded friends, and so much more. You're going to get a lot out of this conversation. So here it is, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I wanted to start with how you got into the whole wellness world. So could you give a little background on that? Yeah, totally. Um, So I was an athlete in high school, and I just kind of always loved sports and moving my body. And in college, I went to West Virginia University, which is a big party school, if you've never heard of it. (laughs) So there was a lot lot of extracurricular activities happening. Um, And I realized, you know, about two months in that I really missed being on a team and you know, having a physical outlet. So that's when I started to go to the gym and I started learning more about, you know, eating healthy, but I was still in college. So there was definitely, you know, late night pizza orders and everything. Right. (laughs) Um, And so I was really just trying to find my balance, but I definitely fell in love with exercise. So that's kind of what brought me into the wellness world exercise. And then I quickly realized that you know, it's so much more than just going to the gym, doing burpees, you know, you can exercise every single day and still not be healthy. So after I graduated, I got my master's in education and I moved to Thailand and then I was still exercising, but I had started doing at-home workout programs and that was really nice for my traveling lifestyle. But living in Thailand, I didn't really have any control over the nutrition. Like for the first, I would say, month that I lived there, I couldn't even order anything. You know, like I just, I couldn't speak the language. So I was just like pointing to food, like hoping that it tasted <laughs> That's good. so difficult. Yeah. So, and, and that's when I really, my eyes were open to how much nutrition really plays, you know, into our all around health. Our energy, you know, I definitely didn't have the same energy levels when I wasn't in control of what I was eating. And it was hard because my apartment there, I didn't have a kitchen. So it's not like I could even like cook my own food, really. I had like a hot plate and a microwave. It was just really difficult. And I realized, you know, in in Southeast Asia, a lot of Southeast Asian countries have a lot of MSG and kind of, you know, those nasties, a lot of sugar Mm, because their food is so spicy. Um, yeah (laughs) yeah so it was just I saw you know what that kind of having no control of nutrition did so that's when I got home 
um, from living there. I lived there for a year and then I backpacked for about four months all over Southeast Asia and also in Australia. And then I came home and I was like, okay, I got to make a change. Um, and that's when I signed up to be a wellness coach with my company. And that's what kind of what catapulted me into learning about holistic health and really learning how our mind and our body and our spirit all work together. And that's kind of been my passion now for the last four years. So I'm always learning new things. And I know that's a big passion of yours as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really cool to hear about your journey, though. So you got into it through exercise, you grew up as an athlete. And then yeah, health is just such a holistic thing. And there's so many different components to it. It's kind of funny how um, I guess you noticed how big a role of nutrition played when you were traveling just because you literally, like you said, couldn't order for yourself. And yeah, right. traveling, it's it's just so difficult when you're like moving around constantly, and especially the language barrier, like you said. So yeah, that's, that's cool to hear how you kind of got into this. And I know you're a really big advocate for mental health too. When did that really start for you, that passion? Right. So that started before, you know, all the exercise, but I didn't really come into being what I would call an advocate. Like now I consider myself an advocate, but I actually tragically lost my best friend to suicide when I was 16 in high school and, you know, dealing with her death and the community, our high school community, I went to private school, so it was a very small school, but we all kind of came together, and we didn't just sweep it under the rug. We really talked about it. We talked about depression. Um, she was diagnosed with depression. She was on new medication, and, you know, the emotions of a 16-year-old girl anyway without mental illness is really, you know, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. So she was going through a lot, but from that experience, it made me very aware. Um, and then my mom also suffers greatly from severe mental health issues. So I grew up around it, and she was in the process of getting diagnosed. She didn't get diagnosed with bipolar until my senior year of high school. So it was after my friend committed suicide. So I had just very traumatic and huge people that were very close to me affected by mental illness. And at the time, I didn't even explore my own struggles with mental health. It was all about the people around me. So that was really tough. And that made me very aware of mental health. But it wasn't until I moved to Australia, I didn't know anyone. And I saw a Facebook event for a free sunrise yoga on Bondi Beach. And I was like, well, I love yoga. You know, I might be able to meet some friends, some people who are into like similar things as me. So I just went by myself and I got there and I was expecting, you know, maybe like 20 people, 10 people, not really expecting much. It was like 6.30 in the morning and I got there and there was 200 people there. Wow. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? And everyone was wearing really crazy clothes. They were wearing rave outfits, really neon colors and tutus and fairy wings. And I was like, what are these people up to? Am I at the right event? What is happening? And then when the speaker got on the microphone, the yoga teacher, she talked about her journey to becoming a yoga teacher and then also about the nonprofit mental health organization, One Wave. 
One Wave is a nonprofit surfing and mental health organization that was founded by two guys in Australia. They're surfers, they're sweethearts, they've now become good friends of mine. But I attended those events. They, they were yoga and then they're what they're called Floral Friday. So you wear those neon colors and the idea is to make the invisibility of mental health visible by wearing bright colors. And then by doing that, you have people asking questions like, oh, why are you guys dressed up? Oh, we're raising awareness for mental health. And then they did that every single Friday at this one beach in Australia, Bondi Beach. And then it started to spread and it started to really become a movement through social media and everything. So I went to that from that Friday on. I went for seven months and I never spoke a word, which if you know me, is very weird because I always have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I I went and I just absorbed all of these stories. So we would go and we sit in a circle on the beach and it would be like, you know, just basically like a group therapy session, but different members of the group would volunteer their story, their journey with mental health. Sometimes we would ask questions and, you know, people would go around and share. It was always kind of a very casually based um, session where people would share about mental health. And I sat and listened for seven months and I didn't say anything. I was just really absorbing. And I realized then that my journey with mental health has had always been about other people. And that was the first time that I could acknowledge my own shortcomings and my own struggles with mental health. And so about seven months of going every Friday, I raised my hand to speak about my story. And at the time I said, you know, I told them about my best friend, Corey. I told them about my mom, but I tried to not focus on that, to focus on me because I suffer from anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder and ADHD. And those kind of go hand in hand for me. So I've always struggled with that, but it, I just always kind of pushed it off because I was always concerned with other people's mental health around me because they were so severe. And after I joined, you know, joined forces with One Wave and became an active part of that community, I realized that you know, I'd already started my coaching, my health and fitness coaching, but I realized that for me as a person, I really wanted to make my brand about holistic health and how mental health and exercise and nutrition go hand in hand. It's not one or the other. You can't just focus on one. And if you do, then you're not really going to get, you know, the optimum results or the optimum optimum happiness, really. That's what it's all about is feeling good in your own skin from the inside out. So that's kind of the long-winded version of how I became a mental health advocate. That is quite some journey. That must have been so tough as a teenager just going through all that, but it's really amazing to see how you've taken those experiences, shared your own, and then become this great advocate for mental health and used all of your experiences to help others. But it's so interesting how you said you were so focused on helping others and then you finally realized, oh, I should speak up about my own mental health. So did you find that just having that group in Australia finally sort of created a safe space to speak up about it? Totally, totally. I never wanted to ask for help. I mean, I've always kind of been that way. Like, I really am a helper. I'm a giver. Um, you know, I went to school to be a teacher. 
I was a nanny. I've always been kind of in a nurturing role and kind of in a leadership role. So I always felt the need to take care of others. And I find, especially now that I'm in the industry um, and I have many friends, you know, both in my, in my coaching network and in different areas of the field, most people who are really good at helping others aren't always the best at helping themselves. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, it's crazy that that's true, but it is. And it was definitely true for me. And yeah, it definitely gave me the safe space to talk about it, to really just to come into my own understanding of my own mental health struggles and how they've shaped me, you know, and I never see it as something I want sympathy for or something that, you know, I think makes me unable to do anything. Like, I just think that it's a part of me like anything else, like any other personality trait, you know, or background. Like, it's just a part of who I am, and I'm proud of it. Um, And I know that I'm in a really good place, you know. Like, every day is different, obviously. If you have any sort of mental health issue, you know that. You can be in a great place one day and the next day you're really struggling. But overall, I'm in a place where I can advocate for others. I can speak for others who don't have a voice. And then I can also speak for myself because I find that the more that I'm honest about my struggles, the more that others connect to me and see me as a real person. You know, it's like people are like, you're so happy all the time. You're so smiley all the time. And when I explain my story, you know, I think if you have gone through great trauma or sadness or serious life events, you really want to make the best of life and you see the joy in little things. And and that's really the attitude that I've adopted. Like, I don't want to, to stay stuck, but I also want to acknowledge all of the hard things that have happened because they're a part of who I am. They're a part of me, you know, you can't just ignore the bad things. Right. So I like what you said about caring about the small things in life and traumatic experiences. They can sort of catapult us into almost a a better, more appreciative life, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I'm losing my friend at such a young age, you know, I was 16 years old, like, that's so young. Yeah, it's and now being, you know, I'm 28 now. So now looking back, like at the time, I knew it was young. But I didn't really grasp the concept of how much I would grow and change from that point. You know, when you're in high school, you like think you're so mature and cool. And (laughs) you know it all. Yeah. Yeah, now looking back, I'm like, wow, I was a child. I was so young. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that I really, from that point on, like when I was 18 and I went to college, I got a tattoo that says cherish every day because that was really the mindset that I got from that experience of losing her. You know, even if it's suicide or whatever it is, if it's a car accident, cancer, we never know when it's our turn to go or when someone we love is going to be gone and people can learn that lesson tons of people have gone through grief and gone through losing someone but I I don't want to just learn a lesson and then forget about it you know like I learned that lesson and then I based my life around that lesson and I try to remind myself of it all the time and I try to encourage people 
who maybe haven't had such a traumatic experience to realize that they can cherish every day, they can cherish life without having to have that really traumatic thing happen. They can just appreciate the small things. We all can. And we definitely have to remind ourselves of that. It's not like, oh, yeah, I always appreciate things as they come. You know, we all start to take advantage of you know, just small things. Like when I was living in Australia, the sunshine and the weather and everything, I felt like it would last forever. And then I left. And then I was like, wow, I had it so good. You know, it's just nostalgia makes you (laughs) wise. (laughs) Yeah, I find it. It's just a human thing. I guess we just get used to situations. And then it's just so easy to take things for granted. A few years ago, I fractured my spine and it was so traumatic and I remember being like I am so grateful that I can walk and move I will never take this for granted again but then over five years have gone by and I can walk and move and function normally and I I kind of just forget about it because it's my new norm and then I have to come back and remind myself like remember how you promised you'd be so grateful for all of the little things and for just being able to move so it's it is a really good reminder just to yeah, not take things for granted. Yeah, totally. And I think that really does help with mental health. If it's mental illness or just your mindset, like I think it's really important to be grateful for what you have because a lot of times with anxiety, especially, you know, you're worrying about things that don't even exist yet and you get down these rabbit holes. But I find like gratitude a game changer for those feelings. It really, really helps. I have, I don't know how long I've done it. Maybe like two, two or three years I've had a gratitude journal where I just write three things that I'm grateful for every day. And I switch, I don't, I can't decide which I like better. If I like doing it in the morning or in the evening after my day is done. But I switch it up. Yeah. And <laughs> I like to do it every day because it really reminds me that the things that you remember about your life are not often the big, like, monumentous days and experiences. It's usually just, you know, I had an awesome breakfast or I had an awesome phone call with an old friend or, you know, a client texts me or emailed me with great results or something like that. It's like those little things are what we remember and what we're grateful for. So I feel like the more we focus on that, the happier and more content we are with our lives. That's a really, really good tip, having a gratitude journal. Do you have any other ideas for ways that people can take care of their mental health or ways to reduce anxiety? Yeah, of course. Specific to entrepreneurs or or wellness coaches or just anyone. Oh, actually, yeah, I did want to talk about entrepreneurship because, well, you yourself are an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs, they're just pressured to hustle, right? Right. And that can be very anxiety-inducing. So I'm wondering how you take care of your health as an entrepreneur and, yeah, ways to reduce anxiety. And these tips definitely could apply to anyone, I'm sure. But I love to hear the take on entrepreneurship. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so of course these can apply to anyone. But I, as an entrepreneur, I have so many friends, people that I mentor, friends in different parts of entrepreneurship, you know, just starting their journey or been doing it for years. And we have a whole different set of worries um, and anxiety that just come with the nature 
of owning your own business and, you know, having to forge ahead every day and make moves and hustle, like you said. And I, as someone who is advocating for mental health, I often get really, I don't know the right word, maybe protective of myself and of others who I care about because as much as we need to hustle, we also have to take care of ourselves in order to show up as our best selves. So I'd say um, the gratitude is a huge thing. Gratitude journal, you know, they have fancy ones you can buy that have special prompts and stuff. I find that keeping it simple and just writing three things, like I just do it on a little miniature um, planner. Um, Yeah, you can read it anywhere. Yeah, so I can bring it like in my purse and I do it like literally (laughs) in the most random spots because I'm always on the go. So I like to have that. And then I also love to meditate. That's something that's really, really helped my mental health and making me realize if you've never meditated before, you don't understand how long 10 minutes is. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's actually mind blowing. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I remember the first couple times I meditated and still like, just like mental health, meditation goes in waves. Like some days I'm like, yes, I'm so, you know, in the zone, I'm feeling it, I feel great. And then other days, I'm like checking my phone every second to look at the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's only been a minute. What? How is that possible? I definitely relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've done meditation. I've, I've literally thought my phone just ran out of batteries. So I kind of <laughs> just like cheat and look at my phone before the alarm goes off. And then I see it's only been like four minutes. It's, it's mind blown. And then you think about how much time you can spend on your phone just being lost in Instagram. <laughs> it's exactly it's mind-blowing. exactly. So it really helps with the mindfulness. I like to do it in the morning first thing when I wake up because it kind of just sets the tone. And I use the the Calm app, C A L M, and they have a free version, but I use the paid version, and I really really like it because it has a new meditation every single day. And there's always a little theme. It's like guided meditation. I like to have has some words at the beginning and then at the end and then in the middle it's more about like your breath and stuff but I find that super beneficial and a lot of people I think they think oh I meditated once and it was hard like so I probably you know I just can't meditate but again it's like exercise or eating well and all those things it takes practice so those are two of my big favorites also having a community a support system I 100% advocate for therapy. I think everyone and their mother should have a therapist. But I know, especially in places like in the States, you know, in Canada, you don't have this issue. But with healthcare, a lot of people struggle with affording therapy. And a, a lot of times it's not covered on people's insurance and stuff. So I understand that not everyone has the luxury of being able to see a therapist regularly. But I think that forming friendships and having people in your life that you can really open up to not just about like you know oh I got in a fight with my boyfriend or whatever it is like really deep things that matter and that we all have you know like we all have mental health it's not just people who are diagnosed with mental illness um that's something that I especially in the past few months I've been really stuck on that topic <laughs> because it's just been like a theme that keeps reoccurring because 
I advocate for mental health, like proactive mental health. And I think that these are things that we all need to do, not just someone who has anxiety or depression. Like we all have a mind. Like if you have a mind, then you have mental health. And that's all humans that live, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that those are my biggest tips is really having people that you can talk to and utilizing them, like not just talking about surface level stuff, like actually getting deep and asking for help when you need it. One of my friends who's a health coach in the UK, she told me that she struggled with eating disorders for a while and she wanted a way to reach out to friends without having to say like, hi, I'm having, you know, I'm struggling today. I really need help. So she talked to a few trusted friends and they had like an emoji. Um, and for them, it was just like the hand wave emoji. And that was like their secret signal that said that they were struggling that day. Um, and they would send it to each other. And then that would, you know, cue the other person to give them some support. So I know that when I'm in, in a, a bad state with my mental health, it's really hard for me to ask for help. But like sending an emoji to someone you trust more than anything, that is doable. So I really liked that idea and I pass it on to everyone that will listen. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good idea. That's very unique too. I haven't heard of anything like that, but it's so true. It, sometimes it's just hard to ask for help hard to like say what's on your mind so that's that's exactly. a really really good idea definitely and then the the other biggest thing i think especially specific to entrepreneurs is limiting your screen time and having some digital detox time this is also a theme that keeps reoccurring in my life and that i really really want to explore because i built you know i built my business on social media. I use social media all the time, especially since I've been traveling so much. It's one of the main forms of connection I have to the outside world, to friends and family. And I always get people's Facebook information or Instagram because my phone number is always changing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, different countries, different SIM cards. But in general, for someone who's built a business on social media, I'm also the number one person to be like, all right, guys, let's put our phones away. We don't need our phones right now. We're just scrolling. And I'm like really crazy about it, especially at home with my boyfriend. We'll have the time and I'll be like, no more phones, no more screens. And for me, I have been doing a lot of research about how mental health and screen time and especially social media, like there's a lot of negative effects on mental health due to social media. And especially in teenagers, which as a former teacher, that's something that I'm passionate about, about helping, you know, the younger generation. Um, and I think that if you just feel like you never get a break and you're always working, then you're obviously going to feel anxious. You're obviously not going to feel like you have a full cup. So I... I'm a big and firm believer in if you don't have something, if it doesn't exist, then you should create it. So I actually started with my friend who's a yoga teacher. We started doing women's soul circles, um, live events, and we've had two so far and we had a great turnout. We just do a yoga class first, like a vinyasa flow, and then we do kind of like a personal development workshop. We all sit in a circle um, and just kind of share openly the 
teacher in me has a little curriculum agenda and we do some journaling, we do some meditation, just some prompt questions and just kind of spark conversation. So that's definitely something too. Whatever you want to exist in form of connection, I, I really encourage people to to create it themselves, you know, and it doesn't have to be something huge and you don't have to have a big brand and sponsors and this and that. Like you can start small and really call in those like-minded people that I find when I have like-minded people around me, that's when I feel the happiest and my mental health, even if I'm struggling, if people understand me, I think that it makes it so much easier. Like when someone understands my struggles, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it, makes them easier even if they don't go away you know Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it's that connection piece and having in-person connection it's so powerful yeah definitely and yeah like what you said about creating what doesn't exist yet so like if you're an entrepreneur or not and if you're feeling lonely and want to connect with like-minded people um, I think it's cool to use social media as a tool, like you're saying, it's not good or bad. It's just how we use it. And if we can use it to make connections and then bring those connections into real life and start meetup groups or yoga groups or maybe like mastermind groups if you're an entrepreneur, just to get that in-person connection, I think it's so, so powerful. And especially to to attract like-minded people, right? Yeah, definitely. And I always tell people who are struggling with this or they say like, you know, you always move around, but you always seem to find really good friends. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, one, that's part of my job, you know, is to network and meet people, which I'm really grateful for because it is transferred into my regular life because I don't just meet people who are going to be clients. I connect with all types of people who I want to be friends with. And I think that if you don't get out of that comfort zone, and I know that's so cliche, like that saying yeah. <laughs> kind of makes me roll my eyes at this point, but it's so true. You have to put in the effort if you want to see a different result. If you want to make friends that are like you and you feel like maybe you're stuck in like a group of people that maybe all they want to do is go out to the bars or whatever it is, you feel like you don't really connect to them. Like, it takes effort to make new friends. Like, you don't just stumble upon great, like-minded friends. You have to seek them. You have to, you know, set up coffee dates or yoga dates or whatever it is. And you have to be patient because I feel like as adults, adult friendships take longer than than childhood friendships um, or even, like, college friendships because everyone has careers and, you know, a lot of people have significant others and some people have kids and all that kind of stuff. So I just, I like to remind people of that. Like it's going to take some effort to find those people, but it's definitely worth the effort. (laughs) That's so true. Just putting an effort in, it's so important. That just made me reflect on like, who are my friends? Um, when I was in university, I partied a lot. And then I, I didn't really want that lifestyle. And I, I realized that most of my friends were just people I partied with. Um, right. And so yeah, I was trying to find more friends who were into wellness and who want to do the same things as me. And one of my best friends now, we actually met at a potluck and I went by myself. And I remember I was kind of nervous. I just put myself out there and went by myself. And then I ended up going to Hawaii with this 
friend and now we're like really really close and then another one of my best friends I overheard her talking about uh something interesting on a bus and I just spoke up and now we're really really close and it's so true um it did feel kind of out of my comfort zone to just go to an event by myself or randomly start talking to this girl on the bus but it's so worth it if you feel a slight desire to put yourself out there like definitely do it yeah totally that's so funny you met her on a bus yeah um, but I can't I literally can't count how many events I've gone to so awkwardly by myself like I went to that when I discovered one way the mental health organization right. I went to that yoga thing by myself I just I've done it so many times now and every single time I'm like oh I'll be fine going by myself and then when I get there I have that like twinge of awkwardness, you know? Yeah, like, like, oh, should oh, I have no, done this? <laughs> I, don't know to do. I don't know who to talk to. You know, a lot of people come in groups or with a friend, so a lot of people already have a friend. So it's definitely uncomfortable, but like, then again, it takes the initiative when you're there to just go up to someone. I usually go up to someone that's also alone and I'm just like, hey, are you here with anyone? I'm here by myself. I'm just like trying to meet some new people. And usually, even if they aren't there alone, they're, you know, people, especially if it's like a yoga event or a wellness event or whatever, they're willing to chat and like to make friends. So it's like five minutes of awkwardness and then you get, you know, yeah. to meet new people. It's definitely, like I said before, worth it. You know, it's worth the effort. It's worth the uncomfortableness. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth it. The connection, it's, it's just so powerful and important. Um, For sure. And, oh, I, I wanted to circle back a bit to, you mentioned um, the difference between mental illness and mental health. And I remember you posted about this on Instagram a while ago. And it, it really, really stuck with me because I feel like I even thought of mental health from a more reactive than preventative way. Right. Um, and it's funny, I didn't even really question that until I saw your post. And it's like, I think of health um, in terms of exercise and food in such a preventative way like nothing's wrong with me physically but I'm going to eat well and exercise so that I am healthy for and have a long happy life but then yeah it's so interesting to look at mental health in the same way and maybe you're not depressed or you're not anxious or you don't have some other issue but can you expand on that like how can we look at change the way we look at mental health to make it more of a preventative focus of course this is again one of these I love it because so many of the things we've talked about are like really big themes overarching in just not only the content I put on social media but they just keep reappearing and I feel like the universe always shows you what you need to focus on um So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that makes me really happy to hear that, you know, it stuck with you because it is something I feel very strongly about from experiencing going to one wave. And it's like, you know, I wasn't at any sort of breaking point with my mental health when I moved to Australia. Of course, I was a little bit lonely. I moved there on my own. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't know anyone. Like, I literally knew no one. And I just felt called to go there. And I do believe that, and my mom believes too, it's very corny, but I do believe it was because I met my soulmate there. Um, So I really um, believe that. But anyway, so I wasn't on, um, you know, in a place where I really needed therapy or, you know, I wasn't depressed. 
But when, what I saw from going every single day, every Friday, and talking about mental health and listening about mental health um, and just hearing, like, the difference between preventative and reactive mental health care, it's like, like I said, we all have mental health. We don't all have mental illness, of course not, but we all have ups and downs. And if you have a mind, you have mental health. So like you said, we take care of ourselves, hopefully, with exercise and nutrition. And if we're not doing that, then we're more likely to have a serious illness come across. So with mental health, if you're not taking preventative steps, then you're more likely to have a breakdown or have a panic attack or, you know, there's midlife crisis or whatever it is. There's so many different names. But to get to a breaking point with your mental health, no one should be at that point. We should take care of our mental health just like we take care of our physical health. And like I said, with the meditation, with gratitude, having supportive community, maybe it's friendships, maybe it's a sibling or your mother or father, someone you're close to that you can confide in if it's available to you to actually seek therapy. But what I love about learning about mental health and being an advocate is that I've learned that the most powerful things that we can do with mental health is to normalize the conversation, is to make it like it shouldn't only be on therapy couches. It shouldn't only be something that we have to see a doctor for. Like we can all talk about mental health and the way that we feel and the ups and the downs in our lives. And of course, you know, if someone is suicidal or something like that, if it's a very severe case, you want to make sure that they get professional help. Um, But I think for those daily, you know, ups and downs, I know that when I'm struggling, all I really want is someone to listen to me and not to fix it or to say, I don't know, everything happens for a reason or something like really corny, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just want you to listen and to acknowledge most of the time, just acknowledge that I'm not being crazy or dramatic or, you know, psychotic, that this is like a normal thing that people experience and just hold space for me. And that's what I desire. So that's what I try to give to others. And I think that the more that we look at it like that, the easier it will be as a society, as a wellness professional that we are. I think we should all talk about it more. And entrepreneurs talk about the loneliness more, talk about the struggles more, because that's what people relate to. Like, you can talk about the good thing and the highs all you want. But what I find, especially with, you know, sharing so much through my blog, I've had a blog for four years. Um, I've had my social medias channels and shared almost every day for a really long time so but I find that people connect the most to pain to grief to struggle that's what people connect to as human beings so I think the more that we put that out there on a proactive level and just getting it out in the open it it just is so therapeutic and again using not only those types of things like gratitude and meditation and making sure you are aware of how much screen time you're having, but also using exercise and nutrition as a tool to improve your mental health. Like I think those are proactive mental health tools, even though they're for your physical health. For me, exercise is therapy. 
it's my daily therapy session. Like every single day, that's what it feels like to me. (laughs) And endorphins, you know, they don't lie. Um, But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on like proactive mental health. And like I said, the more that we reduce the stigma and the more that we just promote it for everyone to really take care and tap into their feelings and their emotions. Um, I did a little presentation on this at a leadership event I was just at in, in Florida for my business. And I came up with the little hashtag feelings are cool. I love that. <laughs> um, as I was speaking, because, you know, so many people get so shy about talking about things that are deep or, you know, too traumatic or too sad or, and I'm just like, no, like I, I volunteer as tribute to talk about those things and to listen because though to me, like, I don't want to talk about the weather. I want to talk about, you know, the things that have caused you pain or the things that you struggle with. And like, no, I don't want to talk about that all day, every day. But I think that those are so intertwined to our everyday life that if we just made it more commonplace to just chat about it and to check in with each other, that we would just, as a whole society, be so much happier and well-balanced. It's crazy how just taboo it is to talk about this kind of stuff. And you can say, oh, I, my throat hurts or like I have a cough or anything physical, but it's, it's so weird how in our society it's like, yeah, there's a stigma around talking about this. So I love that you are really promoting breaking that stigma and just being able to be open. And I love that the hashtag, what it's feelings are cool. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Um, And oh, it's so funny too. I actually, I, so I'm doing a yoga teacher training and one of our challenges was to be honest, completely honest for 24 hours. And someone asked me how I was. And to be honest, I was just so tired that day. I was feeling really exhausted. And I felt weird saying that. Like, I feel like it's programmed into me and pretty much everyone probably to just say, oh, I'm good and you. Um, Right. And it's so funny because once I I was just honest, then it, it felt like I had an extra layer of kind of anxiety like oh I always have to be like go 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 and energized you know (laughs) and so just admitting how you're feeling I feel like it it kind of takes that pressure off totally I think so and that's that's part of the reason that I love having a blog and, and using social media in a way where I am very honest because I find it so therapeutic to just own like own my truth and own, you know, the reality, even when it's hard stuff, even when it might be embarrassing or even when people might think, you know, like, I mean, especially when you first start sharing on social media, you're worried about what others might think and you're worried about everything. And, you know, I've just gotten to a point where I literally could care less. And I just think about the people that I can positively impact by, by speaking my truth. And there's so many people who relate to what you're going through currently that you have no idea if you're just, if you're not actually saying what you're going through currently, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I've also learned from connecting to people all across the world and realizing that we all have so many things that we struggle with. And what I love too about social media and about making part of my brand be about mental health is that 
like I love things like World Mental Health Day and I know there's like you know Suicide Awareness Day and these things but the thing about mental health is that it's not just something that we can talk about once in a while and that's something that I try to be very cognizant of like I want to talk I try to make at least one post solely dedicated to mental health every single week because you never know where someone's mental health is at and we all fluctuate from week to week. So one week I could post about, you know, suicide and depression and someone might read it and it has no relevance to them. But the next week I might post something similar and someone's father just committed suicide or something and maybe not that intense, but it just fluctuates so much. So that proactive approach, like we have to continue to talk about it, not just once in a while, not just, oh yeah, exercise is great for your mind too. Like it's not an afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> it is like, it is so important. And it's the, it's, <laughs> I don't know if you can tell in my voice, but I can tell in my body language um, when I start talking about this, like I get so fired up and passionate because this is really where I truly feel like I can make an impact in the world. Like all, you know, my health coaching aside and my blog aside and everything aside, like that is where I feel called to make a difference. And that's, that's why I continue to say it and I continue to talk about it and I just won't shut up about it because I feel like that is such a huge part of who I am and there aren't enough people who are willing to advocate. So that's really what I try to do. I can't see your body language, but I can definitely hear the passion in your voice. Even before you said that, I could just, I could feel it through the phone. (laughs) (laughs) It's honestly so amazing. I'm, I'm so grateful that you're speaking up about this and you're willing to be vulnerable. It's, it's just honestly so amazing and it's so inspiring how many lives you're impacting by speaking your truth and by, yeah, just being you and sharing. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. And it, it is vulnerable. You know, it isn't, it isn't easy all the time. And even still, you know, you get used to sharing and you get used to advocating. And I don't even take a second guess when I think about writing on a post that I have anxiety, that I have ADHD. And I don't even think about what other people might think about that. Like, I just stop thinking about what other people might think about me sharing. And I think about the people who really, really need it. But it's still hard, still hard to continually just be like, hello world, this is me, this is what I struggle with. And I think, like you said, the stigma a lot of people think like, oh, you know, mental health, that that makes you in some way weak or that makes you like you're asking for attention or that that makes you crazy. All of these different things, these stigmas attached to it. And it's it's just it's mind blowing to me because I feel like my my mind has been so open to this for so long that I can't even imagine not understanding, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even imagine being in that place, but I know that there's so many people who are. And yeah, that's why I just, I keep, keep speaking up. And I think, especially for entrepreneurs, any sort of business, obviously you should have passion and fire for it. And, and that should be something that you, you bring into your brand. But I think, anyone it doesn't matter if you have business or not like I think you have to search for these things that really like that you could talk about for days you know that you that really light you up 
Cause like, those are the people that we need talking about that certain topic. Um, you know, if it's fishing or I don't know, like anything <laughs> like knitting or climate change or politics, whatever it is, we need you, whoever you are to, to share that fire and to share that passion. I feel like that is also something that helps my mental health is just owning my truth. Like just being me, it's the most freeing thing for my anxiety. I don't worry about things anymore because I'm just myself and I'm like, love it or leave it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that living your truth and acting on your passions. And it's so true. It's like, if you're just being authentic in yourself, then the anxiety sort of fades, right? Because you're not worried about what people will think or what will happen. And I like how you're saying when you make Instagram posts, for example, you're focused on who is this helping? Who is this inspiring? Am I sharing my truth? Not what will people think of this, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because if you spend all your time about what people will think, you'll be paralyzed. You won't take any action. And then you'll just be a consumer and not a creator. And I definitely want to be a creator. That's always been a part of who I am. Um, I don't want to just scroll and scroll and scroll. And of course, I love supporting others and seeing what they put out there. But I think some people are meant to create and and some are meant to consume. And maybe you're a little bit of both. But I definitely feel fulfilled by creating. Yeah, I feel like it might be sort of in our human DNA kind of to like have that creative energy, whether it be like you said, it doesn't have to be creating social media content, it could be um, creating something like you're saying knitting or just talking about whatever it is that you're passionate about creativity, it doesn't have to be like painting a picture, but just like the act of creating something or bringing something to life that you're really passionate about. I think that's important. It feels so good. It's just, it's just to me makes life more exciting. And I would do it for no one to see. I would write and that's really my biggest passion is writing, which obviously is translated through my social media posting on there. But I just love writing in general. That's another tip too for mental health. I know everyone isn't a writer. Not everyone loves to write and a lot of people find it hard to verbalize their thoughts. But I think if you're someone, especially an entrepreneur who worries a lot, I listen to podcast by Shalene Johnson and she talks about doing a brain dump so you literally just have a notebook by your bed and if you are someone who worries about a lot or your to-do list or this or that or whatever it is just write on that notebook free thought free you know don't worry about grammar don't worry about anything just write everything that's in your brain and dump it out before you go to sleep and that really helps me yeah, that's so helpful. Just getting it out on paper so you're not running circles in your head about whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. Then it makes it hard to sleep and all yeah. this. <laughs> oh, sleep is another huge topic for a whole, a whole nother oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, that is a huge topic. <laughs> super, super important for, yeah, every aspect of health. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. You definitely shared so much. As always, I really appreciate how open and vulnerable you're willing to be and just how much you're willing to share. And yeah, you've shared so many great tips today. And I'm really excited to implement some of them into my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I 
definitely is on vision board to have a podcast of my own. So it's a cool opportunity. I always love just being able to chat. I just love talking. So yeah, definitely start a podcast. Yeah, do no, it. Definitely, it's definitely on the vision board, and I will have to chat another time just about how you got started and what kind of software you use and stuff. I'll definitely share some podcast tips. Perfect. Thanks again. All right. Thank you so much. There you go. That was my conversation with Susanna. I hope you learned a lot about mental health and holistic wellness. I think it's so great that Susanna talks about taking care of your mental health proactively rather than just reactively. This is something that not many people are talking about, and I'd love to see it more in the mainstream conversation. Susanna shared so many great insights, tips, and tools, and in the show notes, I've included a link to Susanna's Instagram, and I've also included links to the OneWave website, the Calm app site, and the Shalene Johnson podcast that Susanna mentioned. Be sure to check all of those out, and let me know in the comments what your biggest takeaway from this episode was. Lastly, If you want to ditch the diets once and for all, if you want support in building sustainable habits that are long-term, that create long-lasting well-being, I would be so excited to support you. I have a few spots open in my coaching program, and if you're interested in learning more, please feel free to reach out to me at alessandra at alessandranaomi.com. I'll leave my email and my Instagram link in the show notes so that you can connect with me. And I'm looking so forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening.